see you. We uh, surviving stormy stormy weekend. And it's just good to be here today. And um, thanks, Andy, for being here and leading us to worship. Great team today. I appreciate that. Andy serves at the Bellingham campus and connected with our network. So it's awesome always to have you with us. I just want to echo what what Deb's just shared on prayer. And we, because we had really one of the, probably the best, somebody said the best family gathering we had. And it wasn't so much how wonderful the food was. Thank you for some amazing food that you brought in the potluck. It wasn't just the fellowship and the connection. And probably, I don't think it was a lot of what maybe I said. There's hopefully some things that kind of inspire us move forward. But our time of prayer was powerful. And God, God brought like only what he can do. Well, more and more just sensing that what, what we really truly need and what really the world can't get is the presence of God. And so when we gather like this and the special thing, even today, it was so amazing, like, you know, shouting out, and making declaration. And it's a, there's a, we really believe there's a contending in our faith that is there. So thank you for, as Andy said, going there with us. And, you know, you, 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 you get out of what you put in, you know, and there's an effort. Bible says make every effort to, to do that. And so, but only he can do what he can do uh, in his beautiful sweet presence today so thanks for being here today and if you're you're new with us maybe you're online as well we want to welcome you an opportunity to, to connect here uh, as a church and and we are in this series and we're kind of get maybe toward the the latter half of it uh if you did not get a booklet these beautiful booklets they're available in the back we're going through the book of genesis and this week we are wrapping up if you're wondering know where we're at you should be read up to today through genesis chapter 20 uh so i wanted to warn you as you get into the the, the next couple of weeks there's more reading so you know maybe there's like a couple chapters all of a sudden like oh my gosh i gotta read six chapters of the bible uh you know you don't have to you get to you get to read it and and there's just so much in there throughout the week and the, the journaling and groups and things that we're doing together but the first few weeks we've been kind of doing an overview of how where it all began how did we get here and we kind of did this overview kind of broad stroke of brush of what was happening and then the last week we as I mentioned we kind of got into the fine-tuning of it we we got to the more characters that are in scripture people that many ways we can relate I mean heroes of the faith for sure Abraham as we looked at last week but oh man pretty flawed person like there's some there's some stuff that he did or didn't do and lied and all that was going on and and, and, and we can relate both in, in being inspired by his faith, but also relating like, ah, oh, I've been there before and what, what we've gone through. Well, tonight, today we're going to look at a little bit another person that's connected with, with, with Abraham, and that is his, his nephew, has a nephew named Lot. And as we're reading in the latter part of the, the Genesis narrative that we're getting into, there's this kind of almost like a sidebar, but it's very significant of where the narrative goes with this nephew. And, he, and you would describe Lot as, as someone who, I don't know, you know, you, you probably could relate with someone in your family that, you know, they're, they're not maybe always going in the stream of like good citizenship in life and in, in culture and in, in the world. You know what I mean? Like, they're the people that come over to your house at Thanksgiving that you're kind of cringing a little bit. Like, okay, they're out of jail this year. They can be with us. You know what I mean? Like, they're out of rehab or whatever. And they've just been di have difficulties and struggles in life. But sometimes they're just kind of choosing their pathway. Kind of the wild ones are there. And, and or at least you're going to have it around the holiday day people that are coming that we, we just kind of label them extra. 
You know what I mean? They're just, they're just a little bit like that. Now, if there's no one like that in your family at all, you might be that person, okay? So, just saying. Everybody, no, everybody's normal in family. Well, not everybody. Not everybody. That's what, what Lot, Lot was a bit high maintenance. And see, what happened is in Genesis 12, they're calling of, of Abraham. There is this entourage of people. It wasn't just, you know, a little minivan of Abraham and his family. It was like, it was this big contra, uh, caravan of people. And Lot has his clan. His nephew was very, and, and they must have had some closeness and relationship of just, you know, in, in connection and friendship or something because he's mentioned in scripture. And they go along, but they come to this place that we're going to look at where it, it was interesting where, I don't know, he, he, there's, a, there's a parting that took place that, that we're going to get to where Lot went his way and Abraham ran his way. Abraham pursued the promise and was going to look at it, but, but, but Lot went headed this way, headed toward, well, what was considered back in the day, Sin City. Now, have you ever been to Sin City? You don't have to raise your hand. Uh, but I have, and I, you know, I thought it would be so great not only to go there, but actually bring my family. And so, a few years ago, um, this is what I don't recommend, okay? So this is where this is going. A few years ago, we decided, we heard through a friend that's saying that Las Vegas is really a great place to bring your family. Okay. It's very family friendly. And, you know, they got all these different roller coasters and different things to do that. And, and so, you know, and it's, you know, it was during spring break and, it's, you know, it was weather like this, like, oh, it'll be warm. It'll be great. And, and the person said, our friend said, hey, you don't have to actually, you know, have your hotel on the strip, but you can be at the end of the strip. You can be near the strip. Okay? You don't even have to get involved in that. You just fly in, cheap flights, and you can go, and you can stay at this resort hotel. It has a, it has a lazy river. And I think, gosh, that sounds great, a lazy river. And just you can't chill at the pool with the kids. It's a great time. And so we thought it would be great to bring our young high school boy and our middle school girl to Vegas for a vacation. And so it was all great. It was all wonderful. It was 85 degrees the week before, and it was 85 degrees the week after, but the week we're there, the numbers literally got flipped. It was 58. I look at my phone, and my daughter's like, let's go to the pool. I'm like, honey, it's 58 degrees. It's 64 at, you know, at Ferndale, okay? So it's like, this isn't, you know. And so instead of like, you know, we're not, this isn't swimming weather. So we, we had a, this like, this vacation is not a good thing. This is not a great place to be. But we, we stayed on the edge. That We didn't really go too far. So here, here's my, my question for you is, have you ever lived on the edge? You ever lived on the edge? You know, you're not like in it, but you're near it. And, and you might be like this guy right here, you know, like building his house. And literally, like, you lived on the edge of things. And so if, if you lived, if you lived there, and, or maybe you'd stretch to be, at least vacation there, you're going to relate a lot, literally with lot. And, and so as I mentioned in Genesis 12, this call, and then, and then they, they separate in 13, and, and they split into clans. But in verse 12 of chapter 13, there's like this hinge verse. It's very significant. It's, very, it's subtle, but very, very important verse. It says this, that Abram, and that's who he's called back then, before God's calling him to Abraham, he lived in the land of Canaan, which Lot lived among the cities of the plain and pitched his tents near Sodom. He lived on the edge, not in, but on the, on the edge. 
This is a pivotal moment. It wasn't just a geographical decision. It was a spiritual one. Here, here Abram heard God's call. I have this land, the Canaan land you're going to give. You're going to move in there. Now, the, the, the challenge to the Canaan land, it was more arid and more dry and more hilly. But Lot chose the, the plains. He sh- they chose the valley where, where it's lush and it's green. And there were some bright lights that were there. There's this city named Sodom and twin city named Gomorrah. Because this is what it says in verse 13, what we know of. Now the people of Sodom were wicked and they were, they were sinning greatly against the Lord. Sinning greatly. Not just kind of sinning, kind of like white lie sin or cheat on your taxes sin, like sinning great, right? They're great at sinning. They're really good, really no, great at it. And, and so it was subtle. The subtleness is here. It says that, that Lot, he pitched his tent near it but actually just on the, not in it, but on, on the edge. And we read what was we find in chapter 14, you'll find that, that living on the edge brought a lot of conflict because there was, two warring, uh, there was two warring kingdoms going on and they caught in the middle. And so, so guess what? Uncle Abe comes to his rescue, comes to help him out. When the helping, he ends up helping Sodom. And King Sodom comes to Abram bro, thank you so much. Thank you for being there. Thank you for helping out. I know you you got your your nephew Lot and everything, but you helped us out. We want to reward you richly. And here's Abram's response to that. The The spoils of war, we want to give you. He says this, but Abram said to the king of Sodom, with raised hand, I have sworn an oath to the Lord God Most High, creator of heaven and earth, that I will accept nothing belonging to you, not even a thread or the strap of a sandal, so you will never be able to say, I made Abram rich. Amen. You, ever heard of, you ever heard of like, hey, you know, I don't want any strings attached or no strings attached? Literally, this is happening here. You know, a thread of the strap of a sandal. I don't want any connection with that. I don't want any of that. I don't want any of the corruption. I don't want anything to go there because he knew his own heart. He knew the propensity of his own spirit. That got, if he got a little bit, a little inch, if he got on the edge, if he lived near it, whew, that could be a problem. And so what Abram chose to do is get away from it and pursue the promised land that God had for him. He didn't want any string, any strap of a sandal even connected with it. No. Abram knew, bad company corrupts character. But his nephew, well, not so much. Not so much. You jump a few chapters later in chapter 18, and here we are again. Abram is contending and trying to save his his nephew's lot, lot, lot and his family. And it's not just warring nations. Now it's God. God says, you know what? I've had enough of this sin city here. I want to, I want to nuke it. I want to take them out. I'm going to send, I'm going to, and, and, and Abram's like, wait, wait a second. God, but, you know, maybe if there's just a few righteous people that would be there. And like, no, not 100, not 50, not 10, not a, and then finally, Abram bargains with God's like my my nephew Lot you know the crazy one okay the extra one okay please 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 and 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 actually God grants the request to Abram not to to spare the to spare the life of his nephew well we jump in chapter 14 here it is some famous cities are gonna about to be no more but it says this in verse one that the two angels these two angels are sent to destroy 
arrived at Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting here in the gateway of the city. Now hold up on this. You say, no, 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 no. Uh, Lot was, he was on the, near. He camped near. Now he's on the, now he's at the city gate. Near to now, near. Now really, like, he's on it. He's right there. What, what, what happened? Now, there's two main basic reasons why someone would be at the city gate, a person. One would be begging, people coming through. That's a pathway for beggars to, to receive. The other one would be people of authority, gatekeepers, beggars and gatekeepers. Now, we're only looking into this and going, this is all speculation, but because Abram rejected the, the spoils of war, because he was the one that really came in and helped everything and took care of everything, it is possible, some believe, that, that Lot got that. That Lot actually received from the king of Sodom and says, well, I can't bless your, your uncle. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you out. All we know is sitting at the gate was a gatekeeper. He had some kind of authority. Lot moved from near to there, right involved in it, as we're going to look at. Because look at verse 2. It says, when Lot, he saw them, he got up to meet them and bowed down his face on the ground. My Lord, he said, please turn aside to your servant's house. You can wash your feet, spend the night, and then go on your way early in the morning. No, they replied, we will spend the night in the square. And it's, I, you know, maybe culturally what was going on, visitors were kind of like, you know, declining. No, we don't want to impose. Any other people, they, they no, we want to insist on it. In verse 3, it says, he insisted so strongly that they, they did, 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 did go with him and enter this house. He prepared a meal for them, baking bread without yeast, and they ate. And so here it is. Lot's moving from near. He's in, he has a home. He's dwelling in Sin City. And, and he's, but he's being a pretty good host. And so and then verse 4, it says, Before they had gone to bed, all the men from every part of the city of Sodom, both young and old, surrounding the house, they called to Lot, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us so we can have sex with them. It's all going pretty well, right? It's going pretty well until that moment, okay? Whew, okay. Now, some Bible translations, you might have this, is the, the word sex here is to, is no, to know. And that's true. It's, it's the word uh, yada, which means to, you know, to know, to know intimately, but to really know intimately. See, in Genesis 4, we read before, that's where it shows up. It shows up where, where Adam knew Eve. Well, what happened? Well, he really knew her because they ended up having two, a couple children out of it. And I heard yesterday, it was funny, we were talking about, it, it, humorously, if you're a Seinfeld fan, you know, yada, 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 it comes in Yiddish from yada. So when you go yada, 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 you're going, ah, oh, sex, sex, sex. So just so you know when you say that. So you might want to just go, you might want to just go, okay, okay, okay. And, you know, I mean, just don't do yada, 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 okay? Sex, sex, sex. Oh, yeah, yeah, sex, sex, sex. This, this, so you know, little, little tip. But we got to have humor in this because this is like, this is whacked, okay? This is, this is crazy stuff. So, so no here wasn't like, he, you know, hey, you know, hey, come back in the morning, guys. You know, we can, we'll grab woods and some breakfast muffins and, you know, we'll just kind of hang out. No, this is really like, Let's make sure you understand. It's clearly gang rape, okay? That's what they're trying to do. Now, verse, that was their intentions. Look at verse 8. I think this is even more disturbing. It says, look, I have two, two daughters, 
This is, this is Lot saying. I have two daughters who have never slept with a man. Let me bring them to, out to you, and you could do what, what you like with them. But don't do anything to these men, for they have come under the protection of my roof. They're like, what? Whew. thought this was, you know, wow. This is, this, you know, fun message today, right? It, what is going on here? Well, we're going to get to that in a moment. We're going to get there. But, but the reaction is, no, no, no. They're, they're, they're barging through. They want to do what they want to do. And here the angels finally step in. And this is what they did in verse 11. It says, they, they struck the men who were at the, at the door of the house, young and old, with blindness, so they could not find the door. And then the angels turned to Lot and his family like, get out. You need to get out of here. Leave now. And the reaction, as he, Lot told his, his, his wife and his daughters and, their, and the son-in-law, and eventually the, the, the rest of the family, is like, they're like, they laughed. Don't worry about it. It's going to be fine. It, coming destruction, nah, it's not good. And, 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 and so Lot hesitates. Now, this is really interesting in verse 16. This is very interesting. I think this is so significant. We'll, get, we'll come back to it in, in a moment here. But it says, the men grasped the hand, the angels grasped the hand, and the hands of his wife and his two daughters, and led them safely out of the city, for the Lord was merciful to him. We're going to circle back, as I said. But here's the drastic action of Sin City. It says, then the, the Lord rained down burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. Lot and his family flee to a, another area called the city of Zor. And here's this weird moment that happens. Pretty sad and weird moment. It says this, but Lot's wife looked back and she became a pillar of salt. And you read that going, really? Okay, we'll come back to this. Okay, we'll come back to this. Here's the question. What do we learn from? Well, you know, watch out Las Vegas, right? Okay, careful, right? Oh, well, how about this one? You know, there it is, you know, God's judgment on gay people. That, that's it. Must be it. I'll use this verse as gotcha scriptures to, to God's judgment on homosexuality. When you study the Bible, you want to make sure you study in, in depth and in context, and that's what we'll be doing in the Bible basics, teaching you some basic, basic skills that way. Because if you, if you look at all the Bible when it's mentioning Sodom, specifically Sodom, and Gomorrah sometimes gets in there in the mix of it. it, it if, as we look at the broader context of really even what's going on here, we discover the sins of Sodom and their wickedness wasn't specifically homosexuality. It was actually the lack of hospitality. While Lot was welcoming and washing the feet and everything, these men were doing the opposite. Yes, they wanted to do what we read they, he want, they wanted to do to him. But it was a broader thing that was happening. They wanted to overpower him. You wanted, you know, just, just think of any horrible prison situations, okay, what men try to conquer and what they're doing. That was the approach. It was completely opposite. It was hostility that they're bringing. They're bringing violence, uh, very graphic violence, uh, graphic uh, intentions toward them. Genesis, you need to realize this, this. Genesis and the rest of Scripture makes it very, very clear that sex is, with, is to be within the sanctity of marriage between a man and a woman. And in fact, if you read any reference of homosexuality throughout the Bible, it's all in the negative tone. There's, nothing, there's no positive Scripture about homosexuality. But this particular situation with Sodom and Gomorrah, 
You need to understand if you look at reading all of the Old Testament and even in the New Testament how Sodom is addressed. It's not specifically about homosexuality. It's about hospitality. Let me, let me just tell you this. Reference, you can do a little concordant study in, in Isaiah. Isaiah mentions multiple times of Sodom but does not talk about homosexuality. Sodom actually specifically, there's this prophetic word that was given by Ezekiel. And this is what it says. It's interesting. It says, now this was the sin of your sister Sodom. She and her daughters were arrogant, overfed, unconcerned. They did not help the poor and needy. They were haughty and detestable things before me. Therefore, I did away with them as you have seen. Interesting. Listen, can we just be reminded there's 2 billion people that are starving on the earth today. And there's many people that will like judgment on a segment of a group of people for their particular sin that they did and will do little of caring for and reaching out and do what they can to help the poor and the impoverished in, in our world. That happens. The hypocrisy is pretty, pretty bad. Jesus, if you're wondering what about it all, is Jesus even mentions Sodom and referencing not homosexuality, but hospitality. In fact, when he's instructing his disciples to go out and you know, share the gospel, and if they're not received well, listen to what he says about it. He says, anyone who not welcome your, or listen to your words, leave their home or town, shake the dust off your feet. Truly, I tell you, it would be more bearable for Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for that town. So before we go, Newcomb Lord, we recognize this. This is not about a certain sin. This is how God treats all sin. And that's judgment. From gossip to slander to everything that in, in between. God is looking at bringing, as a righteous, holy person, bringing judgment to the earth. But equally, he comes with great love, with mercy and grace, as we see here that we're going to look at and wrap up with. Let me just let me just challenge us with this. Let's just go with me on this thought. Because what do we do with it? This is my thought. There's a little bit of lot in all of us. There's a little bit of lot in all of us. Some of you, some of you are like, well, come on. The, the stuff he did, and we're like, well, it, there's a progression that takes place. Because let's go back because you know some of you have lived on the edge. You know what I'm talking about. You live there on the edge, but you can't live on that edge too long because there's a, there's a tendency, a propensity to go this way and, and as you continue on, you know what that progression looks like. You know what the rest of us, if you don't think that is, you're just in denial, okay? If we're all really honest, there's a little bit of a lot. In fact, some of you say, a lot, a lot of me. And there's been a lot, a lot of me that I'm working through. So to help us all, wherever you are, here's some warnings. Here's some, here's some thoughts. First of this, you can write this one, these in, is this. A little lot will end up, well, being a lot. A little lot will end up being a lot. Years ago, we know the, the Lay's commercial. What is it, you know, in the potato chip commercial? You can't eat just one, right? We want more. Like, no, I'm going to eat one potato chip a day for three, you know, for a year. I'm going to keep that whole bag. Have you ever tried to do that? You know, day two, you know, it's not working. You're going to eat the bag plus everything else that goes with it, right? You need some dip as well. Here's what's happening is, Lot is this, he's at the crossroads with Uncle Abe. Abe pursues the promised land. Abe turns toward the, the, 
the promise and, and this opportunity to pursue God and his will. And Lot does the opposite. He looks and pitches his tent near. The word near is very clear. It's on the edge, it's the boundary. It's right at the right extent, right to the line, right to the line, but not going in, but you're near it. How many know we can be, we can get near sin, but not actually sin? Like, oh, I wouldn't go that far, but we sure like the line a little bit. How close can I get to the, to the line? How can I get, when I was, we were a kid, you know, we got holidays coming up, and this is, this is what we did, uh, kids, before their phones. We actually sat at the table, and we looked at people, and then we got bored, and so then what we do is we throw rolls and everything, but then what we do is we play with the candle. Did you do this as a kid? And you had the, 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 the candle there, and you, you know, the flame, and then you, you run your finger through, look, ooh, I, I didn't get burned, you know? And then we go a little bit more, and then a little more braver, and then, then really slow, and then, oh, okay, I got burned. You remember that? No one played that game? Okay. Um, that's what we did. But we do that. We, 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 we're such in denial. We're such deceived that we think and we get so close to it that we won't get the effects of it. Well, I'm not, I'm not in. I'm not dwelling in. I'm, I'm, I'm near. I'm, ne I'm not really. I'm just on the line. And yet followers of Jesus were warned this way. Paul says it this way very clearly. But among you, there must not be a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or greed. Because these are improper for God's holy people. Then goes on, he says, let's not want to deceive you with empty words. For because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. For you once were darkness, but now you're, at the, you're the light of the Lord. Live as children of the light. It's like Abraham. He chose, no, I'm not partnering with that. I'm not going to partner with it because I'm going to get, I'm going to get away as far as away I can, can from it. See, we tend to pitch our tents toward, toward the light, but they're fake lights. Glissy sin city that, that's pointing us away from the promised land that God has for us. Why do we do this? It's very clear. Sin is fun for a moment. It is. But it's a, it's a scam. It's a sham. It's, it's fake lights. It's fake glitz. It has no substance. We love the bells and wind, you know, whistles. Woo, jackpot. Woo. We live in this, this world, this area. You know, and, and this is what we did. We, you know, our kids, you know, we, we were on the edge. And there's the water, and, you know, it's 58 degrees. And like, whoa, there's a roller coaster. And then there's like, oh, we'll go, for, we go further in. Oh, there's M&M World. Those are, you know, kids and candy. And like, this is... This is a huge setup, what's going on here, you know. And we go along, and finally, and toward the, we walk the strip. I told kids, don't look down. Okay, keep walking. And so we get to Caesar's Palace, and we're admiring Caesar's Palace. And I'm like, kids, I have to think Caesar's Palace. Real, the real Caesar? I don't think he had this nice a place. <laughs> this is pretty nice. Like, this is really nice. Have you been to Caesar's Palace? Yeah. And it was this moment I just said to the kids, I said, so here's the deal. Um, your house will never be bigger than this house. I said, in fact, the people there, you see them there, you know, whatever you're doing. I said, whatever, whoever's sitting at a table, sitting at a stool here, their house, whatever they're trying for, and as many times as that rings, their house will never be bigger than this house. The house always wins. Like, all right, okay. 
What do we do? We, we, we move from on the edge to in and to dwell in. And yet the opposite we need to do. We need to run from the palace. We need to flee. Paul said that they flee from sexual immorality. In, in a few weeks, we're going to see that literally and described of Joseph as we end our series with. He ran when the, when the boss's wife was trying to seduce him. And, and so, but yet we draw near it, we get close to it, we flirt with it, we dance around it, we, 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 we just, and, and then we go away, and then we come back, and this is what we do over and over. And you just can't, I, I'm sorry, I can't just eat one up. I'm not that strong enough. I don't have that greatest a willpower. I don't, I don't know about you. What happens is sin is progressive, and it really will lead us down a, a, a dark and painful road that's there. It happens, it, it's progressive. There's a, there's a story, it's somewhat legendary, and, 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 and it's just culturally. So the Inuit people that, you know, used to be Eskimos are called, the native people in Alaska, what they do to take care of the wolves in, the, in their village is they would take a knife, and they would coat it with blood, and they would stick them in the ground. And then overnight, when the wolves would come, they would smell the blood on the, on the knife that's sticking up, and they would lick the, the blood off the knife. And they lick it and lick it and lick it. And, and pretty soon they licked all the blood off the knife. Guess what? Now they're licking even more blood because that knife is just cutting them up. And they, they, get, they have more desire for it, hunger and desire and desire more and more and more and more. And they can't stop themselves. And they bleed themselves. They cut themselves and bleed themselves to death. And so the dead wolf, as they open, you know, come out of their igloo or whatever it was, traditionally they look and they, and they had the dead wolf that was there. I'm just wondering, do are is there is in your life is there something you're on the edge or is it you just like you're just tilt towards it and you're like no i'm not going to do that i'm not going to do it a lot maybe in a little bit and pretty soon this progression happens and james describes it this way he says each person is tempted when they dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed and after desire is conceived it gives birth to sin and sin when it's full grown gives birth to death don't be deceived my dear brothers and sisters, don't be deceived. What we fail to recognize is there's a little bit of lot in all of us that our dabbling will lead to dwelling. And this is what happens in the progression. A little lot will ruin us and those we love. A little lot will ruin us and those we love. I'm grieved of well-known Christian leaders and pastors. You're almost monthly now, you're seeing they, they've fallen. Maybe, I don't know where they had this term celebrity pastor, which is really bad anyway, just calling somebody a pastor celebrity. But you see this happening, and you, you grieve because you grieve of not only the des destroying their marriage and family and their, and their church, but the witness of Jesus. And we grieve at that. And we're like, how could they do that? How could they do that? The hypocrisy. But here's the thing. Let's just be honest. No one wakes up and says, you know what? I'm just going to blow my life up. Like, I'm just going to really sin greatly today. Maybe at the end it becomes sin greatly like Sodom, but we, we sin subtly. And we progress and we progress. And we live on the edge of sin and we're drawn into it. Lot was near the city and then he began to dwell in it. And sin's progressive this way. And, and what was the result? Well, what happened with, he, it makes our skin crawl. Not only this, the ickiness of these men and what they wanted to do to come to the door, but Lot himself, he bargained his very own daughters in a sex trade. You think, how in the world could you ever do that? What happens all over the world, doesn't it? 
It happens all over the world. It's you know, millions of, of families, you know, parents are selling their own children to sex slavery or to, to the, you know, slave labor. We're doing that all over. And we're trying to do as, even as a network of churches, we're trying to rescue. We're trying to rescue people from that. But that happens all the time. But what is one of the dumbest things a person can say? The dumbest thing someone can ever say is this. Oh, that would never happen to me. I would never. Sir, but, but have you eaten only just one potato chip? Have you, have you, don't you realize where sin, sin progresses? That is the dumbest thing to say. When you say that never happened to me, what you're doing is, here I am, Satan, just blow me away. You know, I, 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 I have no boundaries. I have no safeguards. I have no hedge of protection, as my grandma would pray. I have nothing. Go ahead, just take a shot at me, because that's what we do. It's silly, but we do that all the time. Can I tell you, can I warn you, is the people that I know and have done that are behind plate glass, and I have to pick a phone up, and I have to talk with them. I've done that before. And they're like, I can't believe, I can't believe this happened. Or I've sat in, in a, in with a friend, and their business blew up, and their marriage blew up, and everything, and all this, this, this what sin so does. Sin, come on, how many times do we say this? Sin than you ever thought you would go. It, it, would, it, it, will, it, it, will, it will keep you longer than you ever thought you'd, where you'd be, and it'll cost you more than you ever, ever thought you would have to pay. And those who paid and others had to pay. Because what happened with Lot was his wife. How do you explain this? Poof, she's in a, a pillar of salt. This is equally disturbing, right? Like, why would God do such a thing? Well, the word look here actually means behold, the gaze, to dwell, even regard with pleasure. What was going on? It was not that she just looked back and like, bad for those people. She was looking back, but she's going, oh, wait a second. That was pretty good back there. That was, that was comfortable back there. The sin city, I was, I, I was living it up. There was so much we had and was available. She was looking back. She was looking back. And, and that's where, where the judgment came. And even Jesus himself, her as example. He says this, remember Lot's wife. Whoever tries to keep their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life with, with, will preserve it. You see, a little Lot, well, even a little bit of Lot's wife, will, will bring damage to your life, will bring ruin to your life. And, and, and so when you realize, when, when we look back, in our, maybe in our old life, where it was before, and I'm a very nostalgic person. I like the good old days. Well, you've heard this before. You know, the good old days are not, they're not really good anymore. They're just old, right? You know this. And, and you look back, and I remember, you know, you, maybe you have a friend, you know, like, oh, man, before I was Christian, I was such a gangbanger and everything. I'm like, no, you weren't, bro. You, you, you grew up in Linden, okay? You know what I mean? Like, if it, if it was Custer then I would understand where you're coming from. Custer, they're rough in Custer, right? You, you go like, there's the hood there, right? No, you're like, no, but we glorify our past. We actually can glorify sometimes. Oh, it was this and it was that, and now I'm a Christian. Now what do you do? Oh, I just go to church. Like, whoa, that's boring. You know, like, there's got to be more. You're like, and what would happen if you want to be reminded of your past is like, you know, you want to remember the good life, what you had is, no, remember the addiction? Do you remember the shame? Do you remember how how horrible you felt? You remember, the, you remember the hopelessness that you had? Remember how lonely you were? Though 
those are the things we got to be reminded of. Paul even says it this way. He was tempted to look back in his old life, and he declared this, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet take hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and, and behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Paul was fleeing the sin city. This was interesting for him. The religious sin city he was in. He was living, he was trying to manage his sin. Religious people manage their sin. They try to keep it in order and righty-tighty and they, 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 they got more rules upon rules upon rules and they, they, they're, they're, they're pretty soon and they have this diet they're living. It's like, a, it's like no fat, no sugar, uh, no carb, no taste diet of Christianity. And somewhere you're missing no taste in it, right? There's nothing there. It's sustainable. And so that, just getting away from sin and running from sin and don't eat, eat of it is not the goal in life. You will manage and you will fail and you will not have enough discipline to do that. Rather than getting on the edge, getting on the line, getting near sin, and maybe, you know, a little bit of benefit. No, not really on it. We're to flee and we are to run and pursue Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith. We're to pursue the one that's this prize heavenward in Christ Jesus. That is the ultimate promised land that God has for us. Amen? amen. We're not an amen church. So I need an amen. Because that's where it's at. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So, finally. So here, because of this, here's the great news. A little lot in us that God wants to rescue and redeem. God wants to rescue you. You can't save yourself. You can't discipline yourself out of your situation. You need and fall in the mercy and grace of God. And I just, verse 16 sums it up. Literally, these guys, they weren't going to leave. They couldn't get out of their own situation. They weren't even willing to, you know, they were wrestling in doubt whether God was going to do this. And, and here it is in verse 16. They hesitated. The men grasped his hand and the hands of his wife and the two daughters and led them safely out of the city for the Lord was merciful. God was merciful to them. This word merciful means compassion to help. And these angels literally dragged them out of a burning building to save them. Not just to save them and rescue them, but to redeem them, to redeem their story. Did they deserve it? No. But God made a promise to Uncle Abe. I will be with them. I have a promise for you. I'm going to save them. I have this covenant with you. And God it never goes back on his word. He rescued them and redeemed them. And we, hear, we talk about their story now as an example to us in our lives and where we are. There's a little bit of lot in all of us. And some of you are like, well, there's a little bit of sin in all of us. There's a little bit of this. Here's the thing. If you're wondering how you're managing your sin, if you have one sin, you broke all the rules, okay? If you broke one command, you break all the command. Romans makes it very clear. It says this, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's a little, there's a little bit of lot in all of us. But here it is. Here's, God doesn't mess around with sin. He takes sin seriously, but here's the amazing mercy of God. All of us are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood received by faith. That's us. That's what we receive today. So where are you? Well, a new creation in Christ. Amen. So you are here in this moment, just like those angels, sitting on the edge of a city, sitting at the gate 
you have a choice. We have a choice. Do we let God come in? Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and be with him and he with me. We have a choice in a moment. I invite our team to come as we close here. So I, I have this question. Do you see a little lot in you? Do you still see a little lot in you? Can you identify that? Can you, can you look at your own heart and life right now and identify what that might be today? Think about it. What is it? What is your propensity? What is, what is your hang-up? What is your, what is your, what is your habit? What is, what is there? You're, you're just living on that edge, and you just know, and it kind of scares you a little bit because you want to take a step even further. And you will. You will. You can't only eat one potato chip. If that is where you're at in that attitude, this, you can't hold the line. You're not that strong. You're not that disciplined. I don't care how, how you feel like you've got it together. You're not, I'm not. Nobody can. But what we need is turn and pursue Jesus. And what's beautiful about it is Jesus has already pursued us. He's knocking on the door. He's saying, will you offer hospitality to me in this hostile world that's out there? Will you invite me in into your life and your home? Will you allow me to do the change? Because what you need to be is re rescued and redeemed. You know, one of the things we pointed out to our kids made it a teachable moment and the mistake of how they come to Vegas was they were able to see the downside of sin. They were able to see the, the lonely people at the poker table. They were able to walk by a person that looked like they'd been there all day at the slot machine. They saw the emptiness and the, the people that were walking on the streets and even in the workers that were there. We have to look at not just the life that we're leaving, the life of hollowness, but pursuing Jesus in this beautiful, beautiful relationship, this promise. But we have to let it go. What do you need to let go? What is a little bit a lot you need to let go? Don't get near it. Don't touch it. Move toward Jesus today. Let go of your pride. And let go and pursue and invite Jesus to re rescue you and redeem and let your story speak to other people that desperately need to hear it as well. Will you pray with me? Boy, it's a tough message, Lord, because we live in a very polluted world. We don't need to go and fly to Sin City. We live in a Sin City world. We, we, live in, we could live in a rural part of the county, but we also have a screen that we can click on because we have ability to do that. But it's not just that. It's our own sinful hearts that are filled with greed, jealousy, unforgiveness. Lord, there's so many things. There's little, just, just a little, but it's a lot of sin. Jesus, you declare that for us, that, that, that one sin we all sin, that, that all our sin is, 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 is why your wrath would be poured out on us. But because of your great love, you sent Jesus to come and to rescue us and to redeem us to pull us from the flames and point us to the promised land, to be heavenward in Christ Jesus.
And I pray that for those here today. I pray that they would, they would come to that place. They would come to the realization that they cannot toe the line any longer. They can't walk the fence any longer. They've got to choose. Lord, will you put it in their heart to choose you today? It's easy to do in church, but Lord, will we choose you tonight? Will we choose you on our, on our weekday, in our week evening, and whatever we're doing in our public world, in our private world, in our, in our, in our thoughts, in our, in our actions that no one sees, Lord? And even, even what, how we feel about others, Lord. We, we give it all to you, Lord. We pray that you just cleanse of any known sin. And Lord, we let that go. And Lord, we turn toward you, toward the promised land you have, to the promised one that gave it all for us. You are our champion. You have fought for us and redeemed us and rescued us, Lord. May our story now show of what your great name and fame has done through us, to our families, and to our community. God, I pray for the here again, just their struggle where they're at, Lord. They get the help they need. You are the rescuer, Lord. God, use Leave the flames and pursue you. May we help others do the same, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I invite you to close by standing. And each and every week as we stand, I want to tell you that this prayer corner is a lot of times not a lot of people take advantage of the opportunity. Why would you not? Why would you not pursue? If you've got something that, man, you, you, out of your control, this is the place to do that. And if you're maybe thinking you're pretty spiritual, that's a prayer for the needy people, you're missing it too. And I'm missing it too. So that's an opportunity. Thank your team to do that. And just thank you for the team. Let's just worship the Lord here. We're here to serve you, help you this week. Have a great week as we close. God bless.